0: What the hell? Did they move? Yes. That's gotta be about five inches or so. It was a good shove, it was enough where the cameraman jumped, our cameraman Scotty. So we're going to check out the video and see what we caught on there, hopefully we caught it. And we here is these two windows we've had six to eight different claims that people have seen as an old lady in these windows Uh, these used to be apartments up here a long time ago and a lot of things could have happened so we're going to check out this area we have a camera here all the time This is one of the claims that are here is there was a fire about 50 years ago or more that claim did claim somebody's life He was trying to put the fire out, and it did catch him on fire. Someone here? Anyone here with us? If you are, you can come close. You're listening to the Ozarks Explored, a podcast about the often odd and inexplicable history of Midwestern America, produced by Sight Unseen Audio. January 1909, and novelist Opie Reed is in town. Best known as the founder of a humor magazine called the Arkansas Traveler in 1882, as well as being the first to print the phrase, there's a sucker born every minute, though P.T. Barnum is credited as using the phrase long before. He would also add being the last attraction at Springfield's Baldwin Theater to his notorieties. A gas leak in the boiler room would be found as a culprit later on, spreading with ease. The Colonial Hotel next door suffered some slight damage, but also prevented the fire from rampaging through downtown. The Baldwin wasn't the only building destroyed. It took a few homes, a restaurant, meat market, and a photography studio down with it. Fire Chief Kanda fell down a stairway, but was uninjured. With the demise of the Baldwin, now home of the McDaniel Office Building at 322 East St. Louis Street, the Dimer on Commercial Street was the only other game in town, at least while the construction of the Landers Theater was underway. Understandably, the development of the Landers accelerated when the Baldwin burned down, opening in 1909 in a design by architect Carl Bowler. It had a very ornate neoclassical design influenced by Renaissance and Baroque architecture. It was part of the Orpheum circuit, showing vaudeville and tabloid shows, which were short versions of musical comedies. There were a number of celebrity regulars at the Landers in its early years, including the musical comedy team of Weaver Brothers and Elvery, the man of a thousand faces himself, Lon Chaney, the composer of the Stars and Stripes Forever, John Philip Sousa, the man who changed Broadway, George Cohan, and actress, singer, and women's suffrage activist Lillian Russell. In 1915, D.W. Griffith's 12-reel, hour K.K.K. propaganda film, Birth of a Nation, was screened at the Landers, a silent film often credited as one of the leading reasons for the formation of the second era of the clan in the same year. Silent Features became a regular attraction thereafter. It wouldn't last forever, following in the footsteps of its predecessors like the Baldwin Theater and Grand Theater before it, the Landers Theater suffered a nearly catastrophic fire on December 17th in 1920, which was spared from being a total loss thanks to an asbestos curtain and additional fireproofing. The stage era was decimated, however. The current owners of the Landers, Springfield Little Theater, describes the fire on their own site. The fire was first noticed at 12.45 p.m. The call was answered by fire trucks from all four stations in the city. After a few minutes, six streams of water were playing on the fire. It was feared that the flames might sweep the entire block. The fire was supposedly started by a boiler explosion and immediately spread to the coal bins in the furnace rooms underneath the stage. The entire stage was ablaze by 1.30. Three streams of water were thrown out on the rear of the building and three lines of hose were taken from the, through the main entrance. By 5 p.m., the fire had been extinguished. The Landers would be rebuilt soon after, opening again on the following May in 1921, still a part of the Orpheum circuit thanks to Inslee Barber. Landers was also the 35th theater in the U.S. to show talkies like The Jazz Singer starring Al Jolson, known for one of the most controversial uses of blackface during the era. Landers served primarily as a movie theater in the following years, though in 1959 it also served as the filming location for the popular NBC country music variety show Five Star Jubilee, Also, the first color television series outside of New York City or Hollywood. Ray Price, June Carter, Jimmy Dean, Flatten Scruggs, Red Foley, and Speedy Haworth are just some of the performers featured on the show. Barbara Mandrell, the Sweetheart of Steel, made her debut at the age of 12 on the show also. The Springfield Little Theater Organization, itself founded in 1934, took over the Landers in 1970. The space underwent a number of restoration projects in an attempt to bring it back to its 1909 glory. One of the notable changes was the removal of the Jim Crow-era ticket booth and separate entrance for coloreds. In 1977, the Landers Theater was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. Landers alumni include Kathleen Turner, Tess Harper, and Kim Crosby. In addition to the over 90 mainstage performances during its season, the SLT offers a litany of educational programs and workshops to all ages of the community, including their Yes Troop, a mainstay for teenagers throughout the Ozarks. Now, none of this sounds particularly spooky, I know. However, Landers isn't just the largest, oldest civic theater in the state. It's also no stranger to a number of reported hauntings and sightings. The ghost of a janitor who passed in the fire of 1920 is often seen by actors on stage up in the balcony during rehearsal. It's worthwhile to note that the balcony originally served as the colored section, During the 1920s, others say a man was stabbed in the balcony and died, and now his entity, described as a green orb or haze, and during the 1920s, others say a man was stabbed in the balcony and died, and now his entity, described as a green orb or haze, is also seen, and the area where it appears is much colder than elsewhere. Some hear the cries of a baby, or even see an apparition of a baby falling from the balcony, imitating a supposed tragic accident from earlier days of the theater. Touring actors and actresses often lived on the fourth floor of the Landers during its Orpheum days. From the street in front of the theater, some people then have observed a tall apparition of a long-haired, blonde man in Elizabethan clothes or peering from behind a curtain on the fourth floor. Others just smell food cooking in the same area. Others report that they sense an unseen presence following them, even tapping them on the shoulder. Chuck Rogers, the lighting and technical director for SLT, described an encounter in an interview with ksmu saying quote, he just kind of stood there and stared at me and i said sir the building's closed i need to ask you to leave and he just stood there so i started walking towards him and as i walked towards him he turned around and walked towards the auditorium in which case i got a little angry and that somebody was in there so i followed him and he just stood there and looked at me so i was going to go over and escort him out of the building and he turned and walked into the auditorium and i went right around the corner to confront him and no, there was nobody there unquote Now, I have a limited amount of experience performing or working in the Landers Theater myself back in high school now 10 years ago. You may have seen me as a nameless French lackey in the background of the 2006 production of Once on this Island or backstage for some children's theater productions. I never spent any time alone in the theater and certainly not late at night, but I cannot say that I ever experienced any of those sightings myself, even when I was younger and more willing to believe in the paranormal or during the number of times I've seen shows there. While my own experience certainly doesn't disprove anyone else's, a number of the stories just don't have any merit. For instance, nobody died in the 1920 theater fire. It occurred during the day and was mostly limited to the stage and dressing room area. Although, if anyone has seen the ghostly apparition of an expensive pipe organ, that would have some merit. But a ghostly janitor named Ned likely died of natural causes elsewhere if he ever lived at all. And as tumultuous as the Jim Crow era was... No one was reported to have been stabbed to death in the balcony, nor was there a baby reported to fall to his tragic demise from there. And According to the KSCMU interview also with Chuck Rogers, he also claims to know how the story about the janitor came about, and that it stemmed from the experience he had when he saw the man in the lobby. He had invited friends to come to the theater the night after the incident, and one brought a Ouija board. He said she sat on the stairs in an auditorium and ouija this experience, and what came back was this person's name was Ned and used to be a janitor here in the building. In the same article, he even stated that um, he started one about himself about the African-American man that was stabbed to death in the second balcony, which was used during segregation. He um, he pointed out stains on the carpet to groups that used to tour the building, and he let kids' imagination go wild. It's not unusual for buildings as old as the landers, especially ones that go through catastrophic uh, destructions through fires, or as we've noted in previous episodes as the albino farm or the quote-unquote Girl Scout camp um, at Winoka Lodge, uh, tend to really garner a lot of uh, hauntings and stuff after the fact. There's, there's a lot of stories that, ca- I mean, there's such a tragic, aggressive way uh, for something to happen to a location um, that regardless of if there's actually recorded you know deaths and things like that, there's always going to be uh, speculation um, tied to it, and that always is going to lead to some kind of rumors of haunting or just old buildings in general are so tied to folklore of of hauntings or movies and stories and everything just tied into that. It's just a breeding ground for folklore and urban myths, and they all tie together regardless of the truth of what happens at those locations. For instance, Albino Farm was burned down long after anyone had even lived there, or Winoka Lodge was burned down, and the stories that are associated to it have nothing to do with anything that actually happened in the area. Same with the Landers is that, you know, it's a fire It happened middle of the day. No one's really in the building and no one gets hurt. But because it's a fire and because there's other fires at theaters previously in that history, especially in the last 30 years around that time, it's not unusual for those to kind of get tied to that. So um, I've talked to a lot of people that work at the Landers or, do, uh, or, or perform at the Landers or are associated in various ways. And pretty much they all... You know, claim to have some kind of experience with it, and it's not unusual at all. Just about everyone I know that's spent any length of time there have stories um, about it, or even if they don't necessarily believe it, they certainly have their own version of stories or experiences with it um, through other people telling them about it or other stories they've kind of passed down. Uh, so it's not unusual at all, and I've heard a lot of those myself, although I just, like I said, I, I've never I've been in the Landers Theater, um, and I've never experienced that. Um, not that I was really searching it out at the same time. No, nor do I know that everyone is necessarily searching out. A lot of the stories that you hear about it are, are when people aren't expecting it, similar to the one um, uh, Chuck was talking about in the interview for KSMU um, that he didn't expect it to happen. And the only time he can, was talking about that he did expect it was the one that he said he he fibbed up a little bit. So um, as with most things, there's not a ton of truth to it. You can't really necessarily um, – Debunk those kinds of experiences that people have. There's not much you can do because it kind of just make it sound like you're telling someone that they're lying. Um, and there's not really much to gain. And, uh, I've found I'm trying to debunk those kinds of stories because I find them fascinating. I like hearing those stories about it. I don't necessarily like when those stories are kind of uh, dressed up in. And you'll have to believe this is true for it to really – I don't think you need to believe in that it's true to have a, make it a good story. And it's kind of – always like those ones the best. That's why I kind of like doing um, the show and learning about these kinds of things regardless of whether or not I think they're real, which I uh, – probably 99, 99 – 100% of the time I don't think they're real. Um, that doesn't make it any less interesting. And I think the history um, you find um, associated with the Landers, is tied to that Um overall the history itself of it is a lot more interesting and tells you a lot more about this area than any of these stories actually do. Cause you, you see like in contrast to me telling the stories about it versus the first part of the episode. Um, one of those is much more interesting than the second part. And I think that's more often than not kind of what, um, this podcast tends to be about as I kind of work through it. So, um, that's all I have for lander cedar here. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, it's been quite a while since my last update. I'm trying to get some more coming up, uh, pretty soon. Um, I don't have a ton of time, uh, these days I work quite a bit anymore. Um, but I'm planning to get some pushed out here pretty quick, uh, especially, uh, throughout the last of this month and hopefully throughout a little more consistently throughout the year. So thanks for listening. Um, thanks for, uh liking the Facebook page, you'll, you'll still be able to get messages from it. And still people will get notifications of people liking it. So I'm glad to see that despite uh, my clear uh, effort to get people to not listen to by not um, updating it or anything, there is still uh, people are interested. And in. so appreciate that a lot. Thanks for listening uh, and tune in for the next episode.